We have uh, single individual moments. Individual moments that you can look at for Wisconsin sports and say, my God, how incredible was that? I think Giannis Dendekumbo, I'm going to put the Twitter poll out coming up here. I think Giannis Dendekumbo right now takes the cake. Uh, obviously, basketball is hard to compare an individual performance like to baseball and to football just because of basketball, there's less guys. You know, the clock's running more. You're on both ends of the court, yada, yada, yada. But I think what Giannis did definitely cements himself Tuesday night as the best single-game performance from a Wisconsin figure. But m- maybe it doesn't. That's why I'm asking. We have a couple coming in. Brett Favre, the day after his dad died against the Oakland Raiders when he just absolutely balled out. I, mm-hmm. I cried. during the- I cried a lot of times during Brett Favre. I, I even cried the third time he retired. Uh, Matt Flynn. Someone suggested Matt Flynn, the sixth touchdown and 480 yards against the Lions. Um I, I love it. I was going to suggest Jeff Janis, then Rowdy gave me the stink eye. But Jeff Janis, uh, what he did against the uh, Arizona Cardinals when he had, what of uh, what was it, 183 receiving yards, a playoff record for the Packers? If we're doing individual ones, how about Melvin Gordon setting the all-time rushing yards in a game Oof. for, what was it, a week or two? Yeah, I got to write <laughs> but that But he down. only played three quarters against a, a solid black shirts yeah, defense. Uh, it wasn't a- Kansas. <laughs> Who beat them the next week? It was Samaje Piran, and their that team was they were blowing out the team they were playing. They were playing Kansas, who's close enough to a D two school, and they were throttling Kansas if I remember correctly. And, and they kept, kept him in, in the there. whole game to yep. break the record. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah, so I'll put Melvin Gordon yeah, down. Yeah, Melvin Gordon did it in three quarters against Nebraska, who's like a borderline top twenty five team. Yeah. Uh, what do you have? Four hundred and eight yards, right? Four oh. Eight. 408 yards in three quarters against yeah Nebraska. That was insane. And then yeah, P Ryan did it with 427. So dumb. Uh, RJ, um, can you remember off the top of your head right now, single game like Wisconsin moments like Wisconsin football besides uh, Rowdy? I think Melvin you could Gordon? pick a few. Lee Evans' five touchdown game versus Michigan State. Um, you could probably pick a few Russell Wilson games. Yeah, Brian Elliott's 40 saves in the. Uh, in the uh, NCAA playoffs to head to Milwaukee. That was that three-overtime game versus Cornell. Oh, dude, yes. Um, now, Cornell's goalie made 59 saves. But they and lost. they lost. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, Brian Elliott's 40 saves. Um, it's probably not to the same level because the the lack of competition. How about uh, Frank Kaminsky's 40-plus point game? Was that against North Dakota? Yeah, what was that, 48 points? There's something up 40, um, 44? That, that's that's was his it, number. Was it Josh Gosser, the first Badger to ever get a triple-double or something like yep. that? First Badger to ever get a triple-double. Which is insane to, yeah. to say out loud. <laughs> Who, uh, I'll have to look that up. Josh Gosser. <laughs> Josh, Josh Gosser. Josh Gosser. Um, the first ever triple-double, which is insane. All right, so keep thinking of these. You know, pick your brain because I'm trying to see, like, Obviously, Giannis is the best just because it's the moment, right? Game six. 43 against North Dakota. The the tank? Frank had 43 route against North Dakota. 43 versus North Dakota. I'm just writing these down. Okay, so start thinking and picking your brain. And I want to talk some college football coming up here. But first, our guy Brando Savage, uh, he tweeted at uh, myself and, and Rowdy over here. He says, NBA champions appreciate the journey this team has had, Bucks fans. And he typed it out. And the uh, the notes app, you know, when you know when you're going to the notes app, yeah, that you got something you got, to say. Yeah, you got something to say. Usually, it's a big apology of like how you like are about to get canceled, and you want to like fend off getting canceled. Or it's 
saying, I've decided to leave this university. I just want to thank everybody on my way out. Yeah. Instead, Brando Savage went to it and just uh, hyped up the Bucks. I'm going to read it, then we'll get to this college football topic. Uh, Bucks in six is the giant uh, bold letters on top. Uh, first check mark. Get revenge on the Miami Heat. Sweep them, including a Middleton game winner. The next check mark. Attack the beast in the east. Head on. The Brooklyn Nets. Check three. Find a way to crawl back and make it to game seven after being down 0-2. Uh, check four, show grit, determination, and heart in the final moments of regulation and OT to slay the beast. Take game seven uh, away from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the next check mark, stop a red-hot Atlanta Hawks team. The next check mark, players around Giannis Adendokounmpo rally to do anything it takes to win in his absence after a nasty-looking knee injury. Uh, the next check, make it to the NBA Finals. The next check, Giannis returns. The next check, doubt the haters, silence the critics in a response to being down 0-2 again. The next check, Middleton moments, Giannis, the Greek god emergence, Drew Holiday's defense, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. And then the next check, NBA champions, history made. What a run it was for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the one thing that makes it even more incredible, boys, is the fact that we all thought Giannis Nakuma was going to be done for not only the rest of the playoffs, but uh, this upcoming season with a, everything torn in his knee. Mm-hmm. The hyper. I went and rewatched the replay of his hyperextension, and if you look, his knee bending. It's like no knee should bend like that without getting absolutely obliterated. <laughs> the dude truly is a Greek god. It's insane. All right, so uh, keep calling in when it comes to all time performances. Ooh, I got a couple more. Oh, okay. Ben Sheets with oh. his eighteen strikeouts. Oh, I mean, hell we've yeah. Talked yeah. about that just in the last week or so. Ben Sheets, eighteen. Right. I think you and could. Against the Braves, right? Yeah, I think you could look at multiple different CC Sabathia starts. Can you? Yeah, totally. I was yeah. gonna say, can you just say like him putting the team on his back, but that's not one game. I'll just write down CC Sabathia. Yeah. Maybe okay. Well, if you want to knock it down to one game, maybe his should have been no hitter. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yep. Um. RJ, were you at the bench sheets game? Yes. <laughs> I think you'd have to put in there. Not that any. I'll say. I'll just say CC Sabathia. Era. Not that any of us watched it, but Teddy Higuera. No, the, the, the no hitter. No hitter. The Bre- only one in Brewers history. Yep. Uh, that was um, Teddy not Higuera. Teddy Higuera. No, it was. Uh, um, or it's, it was. Uh, I was screw his name up. Yep. I'm, and shame I'm on me for that. Our oh, research department will get to us. So keep coming. Keep phoning them in. Okay, if we throw Matt Flynn up there with the six touchdowns versus the Lions. Rodgers then went and tied it. Then I guess we have to throw Rodgers back up there too, don't we? Juan Nieves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Juan Nieves. Juan Nieves. No hitter. Uh, Nieves. I'm just writing these down. No hitter. All right. So keep coming. Keep having them come in. Uh, Twitter at Zone Madison. Uh, also, 608-321-1670. Uh, Dominic just messages in. He says, Ron Dane versus Utah. Dominic, Dominic yeah. also says this, though. We don't have an Aaron Rodgers one yet. Ron Dane versus Hawaii. Well, I mean, if yeah. you do... Ron Dane versus anyone? If yeah. you're doing Matt Flynn's six touchdowns, I think you could easily say then Aaron Rodgers' six touchdowns could be on there since yeah. it's a tied record. Yeah, you have to. Um, and, and Rodgers didn't do it against the Lions. No. Dominic <laughs> says this, though. I'm, I'm going to church it up a little bit before we talk college football. I'm going to church it up just a little bit because some of the words I can't say. He says, yes, Giannis has taken over Rodgers as the best Wisconsin player. If Bleep Bleep Rodgers would have stepped up in the NFC Championship game and led the Packers to a Super Bowl, 
then he would still be there as best in Wisconsin. Not your true MVP. Give me Giannis Adendakumbo. How much how much I mean, blame do you put on Rodgers in the NFC Championship game? Weren't you just talking about how he outplayed Brady in that game? He did, but there's also Statistically? there's also some moments where the Packers what they uh, picked off the Buccaneers three times. There's three turnovers, and the Packers I think got a total of six points off of three turnovers. I think it was three or two field goals, and another one was a three and out. I I think if I remember correctly, I tried to block it out of my brain. <laughs> So, I mean, Rodgers on the pecking order of blame, I think is what, third maybe? Would you go Kevin King first? Kevin King slash Dom, not Dom Capers. Kevin King slash Mike Pettin in the defense, then Matt LaFleur, yeah, then They're not going to go for a touch. Just chill out. Look over here. Act like the play's not even going to happen. We're focused on positive stuff today, my friends. Well, you brought it up. Well, well Dominic did. I just shared it, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess. That's on you. That is on me. All right, yep. boys. When it comes to college football, let's do this. College football. I saw this yesterday and I immediately thought of you, RJ, and you as well, Nelly. Big 12 powers. Wink, wink. Is Texas back? Hook em. Texas and Oklahoma have inquired about joining the SEC in a potentially massive realignment shakeup. Boys, could we be seeing uh, college football changing here? The SEC becoming a 16 team super conference? Sure. I. I'm not not sure what else you'd say to well, that. Well, pretty soon you're just going to say, yeah, the SEC is the best conference in football because they have every team. <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to be in there you're like, okay, like what else do you want now? So, yeah, if they keep going on, it's not going to be the NCAA. It's just going to be the SEC. And now every single, I guess, university located in the United States of America will be playing in the Southeastern Conference. Okay, yeah, they said there's no likely, uh, no no turning back. For Big 12's most dominant programs, uh, Texas and Oklahoma, they say it's inevitable that their Big 12 departure is going to linger and then happen. Uh, so if it doesn't happen, then it's just going to linger over everything and kind of uh, drag down the Big 12 uh, if this SEC move isn't isn't swift. Uh, when it comes to the landscape of college football, and Rowdy, what were you saying the SEC wanted? Uh, they're in favor of a 12-team college football playoffs too, right? Correct. Um, well, I thought you guys would be a little more inspired over this. Um, never mind. So just I mean, what it, right now it's unnamed sources have said it, but um, yeah, citing a high-ranking college official with knowledge of the situation, uh, the Houston Chronicle's Brent Zwenerman first reported that the SEC could announce the additions of the Longhorns and the Sooners within a couple of weeks. Well, I think with a lot of these teams leaving the Big Twelve in the last decade, mm-hmm. being the Texas A&M's, the Missouri's, the Nebraska's, I think the first person you have to look at would be the Big 12 commissioner. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And they've even changed commissioners since that all started. But it's the, yeah, it's the Big 12 conference's fault that they let Texas, who even at the time wasn't the Texas of old, create their own TV network and then started <laughs> dealing with the TV network and v- limiting the Big 12 on what they could do with a TV network because one team got a network and thought they were going to be as successful as Notre Dame with their NBC deal. Well, I mean, NBC has been trying to back out of the Notre Dame deal for a few years now, but I mean, like back in the day, I mean, 
Notre Dame had national yeah. games every week. Still does. Well, I but. mean, if if you were if you were looking at Notre Dame from like 1920 to 1990, they were like one of the best teams in college football, pretty much yeah. yearly. You're, you're in, you're out. Yeah, it's funny because now, the last 30 years a little yeah, different, yeah, a little but different. the SEC commissioner uh, is saying that he uh, at, at SEC media days yesterday said, "I will not comment on the speculation. We're only worried about the 2021 season." Somebody dropped a report from an unnamed person. And then Texas and Oklahoma released similar statements saying that uh, speculation swirls around collegiate athletics. We will not address rumors or speculation. Then why is this out there? Well, I think yeah. RJ's right with the fact that you gave Texas all of this ability to make money with their own stuff and everyone else kind of got left out. And now you have a bunch of teams that are like, well, we see what the Big Ten, how the Big Ten started the Big Ten Network or the SEC now has the SEC Network. And Big Ten Network still more profitable. And yes, you look at those, but yes, the, it is. the Big Twelve, do they even? I guess they technically have a network, but it's. I, I think, I think they do. They have something, Pac-12 or maybe it's. Does. I don't even see. We if we can't if we don't if even we don't know, it's not good. Know, it's not good. Yeah, like I know there's SEC. I know there's Big Ten. ACC. I know. I know that the ACC got one. I know that Texas got their own network. Yep. But you kind of left all the other teams out. And then when you just look at the pure football, the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, they're clearly better than the Big 12. The Big 12, you even talk about it by national pundits. They talk about how Big 12 and a lot of their offenses, how they're high scoring. They're they're kind of the uh, run and shoot offenses. It's gimmick offenses where a lot of the guys that come from those schools don't even perform in the NFL because of just how different the offense is. Because it's gimmicky. Um, so re- we'll get back to it, and I also want to talk about what uh, the NCAA is Real quick, do. I think yeah. on top of the Texas, you let Texas do whatever they wanted, and because they were Texas, they were the power. That hasn't been a power for like two decades almost. Texas is back, Rowdy. They haven't been good. No, they haven't. Hook them. And at this point, if you were going to put all your eggs in one basket, the team to put all your eggs in a basket for would be Oklahoma. They do not have a TV network. They don't. Oh, they don't. They, don't, they don't have a TV network. Wow, that's insane. Uh, I'm gonna get this phone call here at six zero eight three two one sixteen seven. Why would you want to stay there? No. Uh, before, You're losing money. Before we get to this phone call, get back to college football a little bit. Uh, Packers JT Jeff says, "Why are people ignoring the fact uh, when it comes to you know individual performances in Wisconsin sports that are up there, inspired by Giannis? Why are people ignoring the fact that Rodgers gets a ring uh, from all of this too? I mean, that's a pretty strong flex for Aaron Rodgers." Uh, oh, he's talking about the Bucks. That's what it is. And then J.A. Krebs says, I'm the ultimate Rodgers apologist, but he's a turd. He choked in the NFC title game last year. He is not my quarterback. Giannis reigns supreme. Hashtag Giannis MVP. And then I looked it up, boys. You could put this up. So we have Matt Flynn, six touchdowns against the Lions. Rodgers against the Chicago Bears threw six touchdowns in the first half. In the first half. Half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. and, and if you put Matt Flynn up there, you have to put Rodgers up there. Yeah. 55-14, to 14, the victory over the Chicago Bears. I still have that picture saved in my phone of the halftime scoreline because I, I go back <laughs> and I laugh at it sometimes. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? It's Corey. Corey, what's up, brother? Corey, my I, man. So your guys were talking about individual performances, and that got me thinking about some ones that are kind of off the board. And I recall... So this was before you guys were around, and I was only like five years old when it happened, when the Packers played Washington in that Monday night game. I think 
I want to say Lynn Dickey threw for like over 500 yards, and it was like some crazy stats that they won. Corey, was like this 48. the was this the Packer game where I know this was before my time, but it was the highest scoring Monday Night Football game yeah. at the time? Correct. I was only like five, so I don't even remember really watching it. But I just remember like because that's been brought up before with Packers, you know, history stuff here and there. That, but yeah, that was yeah, the 1983, Corey. 83. Okay, so I was six. Yeah. So yeah. That's uh, so there's one to put on the board. And that SEC or the college football discussion you're having is interesting because I would almost consider the Big 12 network to be FS1 because oh. they play like a ton, like not like officially. So I agree with RJ. But like they always are playing in fall. Like there's always some random Kansas State versus Kansas. Like yeah, nobody cares about that. That's why like. <laughs> They're going under underwater quick. Yeah. I wonder, so is the SEC just running the show now in college football? Is, like, the NCAA just giving all their – Well, we've, we've kind of already – Everything we've, over to them? We've, known that, for, we've I, known that for a long time, I Corey. think on-field, yes, but the money and more money is with the Big Ten. So yeah. they still – the Big Ten still has a lot of pull in terms of calling some shots uh, on what can actually take place uh, to try to prevent – the SEC from taking every single spot they can on field with performance. Yeah, I mean, basically the SEC wants 12 teams in there so they can get both their sides of their, you know, the two divisions that they have, East and West, they always have a bunch of teams like in that top area, Mm -hmm. you know, the top 10, 12. So I can see that's why they're trying to get that done. But let's see what happens. Have a good day, guys. Corey, you demand. See you, brother. Later. That's why... I don't really I don't like 12. I think 8 is the number. And when you look at it, it 8 you get your power 5s, you get your uh, small conference team, mm-hmm. and then you have like two wild cards. Yep. I think 8's perfect because when they go to 12, you're already going to have your your first 5. You get your small one, then you have six left over and you know the SEC is going to want at least four out of those six. Oh yeah. yeah. And they it's don't just, deserve it, but yeah. since they're all Preseason top they'll, 25. They they'll stay have in six the top teams 25. that are all ranked in the top 25. So they'll be arguing yeah. that those six teams, you know, if one's 18, that oh, they're better than this team because they play the sure. SEC well, schedule. And especially, especially the way they said, like it's been proposed, it should happen. Your top ranked conference champions, then the next top ranked teams. It's like what? That makes yeah, absolutely no sense. When I hear the sounds of Robert Plant belting it out. Ooh, chills. But Robert Plant, a voice of a generation. This cat right here, a voice of another generation. Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Our Packers insider, Robbie. What's up, brother? It's the get off my lawn generation, Evil. How's that sound? <laughs> I'm, I'm, trending, I'm trending toward that. Old yeah. man yells out cloud. <laughs> yeah. there, you, there you go, Grandpa Simpson. I'm quickly becoming Grandpa. No. Well, Rob, we don't want to. We don't want you to be a grandpa yet. We still got no. We're not ready for that. We're not ready for that. No, I, I, I better not be. There'll be an investigation <laughs> into my own household. That's for sure. Hey, Robbie, what's up, my brother? What's going on? How about the Milwaukee Bucks? Did you ever believe you'd be? Uh, you'd witness uh, the Bucks winning a championship like this? Well, my daughter was so mad at me this morning, Evo. We we went to Chick Fil A yesterday for lunch, and we were at a Chick Fil A about ten minutes from where Giannis was. No way. And, uh, 
we should we should pick the wrong Chick Fil A during the uh, during the lunch rush, or or that that she would have had a blast bumping into Giannis because we literally we did have two options. It was you know go left ten minutes, go right at ten minutes, and and we went left, and Giannis went right, and um, and but, Dad uh, chose I, wrong. Yeah, I think the timing would have been outstanding. So that, that but but it, 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 isn't that the beauty of Giannis though? Just the purity and just how naive and like a little boy he still is. And and that obviously is the allure and what plays, you know, to his great popularity in this state. Not just the fact he's this mega star, but he's just this sweet little boy, almost off the court, right? It's almost like Tom Hanks and Big, um, or something like that. I mean, it's just it, it's remarkable just how pure he still is at 26 years old. That that this game hasn't, you know, and, and just everything that surrounds sports has hasn't ruined him like it does with with so many people, and just how. You know, just just how young and innocent and naive he still is. Going to a Chick Fil A and getting his fifty nuggets was was a was a pretty pretty phenomenal scene yesterday. Yeah, Rob, you're a hundred percent correct. I know a lot of other twenty six year olds that are pretty jaded already. <laughs> I'm looking at one right now, right across from me from in the studio, Robbie. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's the guy who calls me before the segment every week. So. Yeah, Rob. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I would argue. I don't know. I don't even think it's an argument, actually. The most likable guy in any professional sport right now. Oh, and he's taking the state over, you know. And if you think about it, it's it's the popularity the quarterback in Green Bay, you know, probably had up until a, a couple of years ago, and, he, and that that is certainly gone now with with this extensive nonsense that we've kind of had I like here. That. Extensive nonsense. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, that that just came to me. I should use that in a story. Let's be like a let's be like a podcast. Extensive nonsense with Aaron yeah, Rodgers and Rob Reichel. That that would, that would be the perfect name for the one that I do with uh, with my fellow uh, Cromutter Gary Wolf. But uh, no, there, I mean there there is no doubt. You know, Christian Yella, two had it a couple years ago, has gone in the tank, and and the quarterback might not be there anymore. So yeah, there's no doubt, Nelly, that it, it, it's it's uh, Giannis's state, and you're probably right. It could be Giannis's world. I mean, it's probably still Tom Brady's world from uh, you know from an overall sports perspective of things, right? With all the rings he keeps gathering, and he could very well capture another one this year. Maybe Patrick Mahomes, but but Giannis should be the face of the NBA moving forward. There, you know, the, the way LeBron has handled his business in the last year or two has turned a lot of people off. Where where I think a lot of people who are you know, just fringe fans and playoff fans of the NBA have really discovered Giannis here in the last month. You know, kind of like they did those great 2015 Badgers who had so much fun on their run to the championship game, right, at press conferences, uh, Frank and Sam and Nigel goofing around and, and just being kids and the world kind of fell in love with those guys. Um, I think the same thing has happened here, again, with with a lot of the casual NBA fans who who don't turn it on in January for a Wednesday night game uh, against Charlotte? Yeah, uh, they're they're glued in big time here the last month or two, and and not only falling in love with that guy on the court, but certainly off the court too, because he keeps winning the press conferences, and and then he wins the day on you know on on a day like yesterday when when he drives through Chick Fil A and, and throws the Instagram on himself for the whole trip. So no, you you guys are right. I, I can't even imagine the money he's going to make now. You know. Marketability from a marketability standpoint, I mean, he's off the charts right now. Totally. Um, I'll tell you what, State Farm might want to dump the two reps that they have right now. Uh, 
you know, Rogers and Paul and, and get Yana signed up immediately. Okay, um, <laughs> Rob, you got the jokes of the day. I like this. Uh, what, what you do? What you do every Thursday? Rob Reich joining us right now from Forbes.com. Robbie, I know there's some other things going on for the Green Bay Packers that I do want to talk about, and I love what you're doing at Forbes.com. I see you're just entered in the top ten for your uh, your most important Packers countdown. But before we do that, my friend. Um, Real quick, I mean, the soap opera that is this Rogers fiasco is so nauseating, and I even like I'm almost like dry heaving, like bringing this up right now. But Rob, now we're on to the fact that Shailene Woodley, his fiance, and Shailene Woodley's mom retweeting these videos of Stephen A. Smith saying that it's not about money; it's all about Rogers being disrespected by the Packers. So obviously, this is how Roger feels, right? We've kind of known this because his fiance and his fiance's mom are now tweeting about this. Like what? Rob, can we just end what I'm so sick of this, Rob. Can we how do we end this? What do we do? I Evo, I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I, I don't see an end coming soon. Oh, I, I think I you know that for those who all, for those out there who don't know, you know, that the Packers are are uh, gonna report next Tuesday, which I believe is the twenty seventh, Evo. Um if he doesn't report on Tuesday, they can start finding him fifty thousand dollars a day. The first practice is is next Wednesday, so six days from today. And and Evo, I don't expect him to be on the practice field. I I think this drags through the preseason. Um, I think it lingers uh, right up until the Saints game uh, week one, which is September twelfth. They go to New Orleans. Um, it could even trickle in Evo to the first two, three, four weeks of the of, of the regular season. Um, we, we've just seen enough from Aaron Rodgers that when he takes his heels in, you know he's not budging. It's who he is. And, and, and again, I, I don't see a scenario in the next five or six days that plays itself out that gets him back to Green Bay. This is a game of chicken. And, you know, Green Bay, I think, is, is rolling the dice and saying, Aaron, you're almost 38 years old. You're probably not going to sit out a season. And Aaron, on the flip side, is saying, you disrespected me. I don't need the money. I can come back a year from now and still light it up. And 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 he, I, I very well think Evo um, is not going to show, uh, certainly through camp and maybe into the early early uh, part of the season. And, and then the Packers are going to have to make a decision. And it, it, it could be something to the effect, Evo, of, of tearing up the last two years of his contract and letting him become a free agent. Uh, much like Tom Brady became a free agent after, what was it, the 2019 season, March of 2020, when he signed with Tampa Bay. You know, right now, Green Bay doesn't have to do that by any stretch of the imagination. He's under contract for three more seasons. But if that's the only way to get him back to town, is that something they consider? Is that something Brian Gutekunst might do? It's certainly a possibility, I think, at this point in time, Evo, um, that, that the Packers could take that path, especially if they start, let's say, one and three, oh and two, something to that effect. Um, but again, if Jordan Love starts the year strong, Evo, and they're three and one a quarter of the year in, uh, the Packers regain all the leverage again. So, you know, long, long story short, uh, you know, quick answer to all that, that rambling there, Evo. <laughs> I don't think you see him when, when camp starts next week. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it, it could very well come down to how these early season games play itself out in terms of how this finishes. All right, Rob. Uh, God, it's just so nauseating. And it is. It's, it it's, is. When the, when the mother-in-law starts to break news, 
you, you, you know we're in kind of a screwed up situation, right? Uh, I mean, Robbie, we all know when it comes to us married men about the mother-in-laws. So <laughs> <laughs> Rob Wright's joining us right now. Robbie, when it comes to Forbes.com and all the beautiful work you do right there, my friend, and as well as Conley Media, let's not forget about them. But Rob, you uh, just broke into your top 10 of the most important Packers countdown. Tell the fine folks, uh, b- because believe it or not, there's going to be football, and it's not just about Rodgers. What's happening with the Packers and who at number 10 is going to be a big breakout season? Yes, I just hit the top ten with, with, with Darnell Savage, and you know I think I think most fans are smart enough to kind of understand where where the top ten is going to fall and things like that. But what 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 this series does, and I started at thirty, Evo, and we've been counting it down since. Is it just gives fans kind of a glimpse, and and and, and it, it allows you maybe to flash back and remember just where these guys were a year ago, um, the kind of season they had, because it is six seven months ago now since they put on the pads my guy today, Evil, at, 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 at number 10. Third-year kid out of Maryland. People saw him at Wisconsin, you know, in, in the Big Ten games for, for a few different years, and, and he, had a, he had a solid rookie year. Closed last year, terrific, Evil, really, really strong. Four picks in the last six weeks and, and uh, was really on the rise, I think, when, when 2020 ended. And they'll want him to continue, uh, obviously, making those making those leaps and jumps here in, in year three. He's got a new defensive coordinator, as everybody knows. Mike Patton is out. Joe Barry is in. How exactly he uses him, because Savage is, is kind of a versatile chess piece, Evo. Um, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can play him deep. You can play him near the line of scrimmage. He actually can play a little bit of slot corner. He can blitz off the edge. So he's, he's an interesting fellow, almost in the role of, you know, almost in the mold of a Leroy Butler 25 years ago in terms of how you can bounce him around the field. But uh, I'm expecting him to have a Pro Bowl type of a season, Evo. Um, and, and, you know, as I keep counting down this top ten, Evo, um, it, 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 it is interesting, and, and, you know, fans should take note of this. Everybody inside this list, you know, is either a Pro Bowl player right now or certainly has a chance to become a Pro Bowl player. And there's even some guys I've had back in that 10 to 15 range, Evo, the Rashawn Gary's of the world, who could absolutely bust out this year. You know, a guy who was deep down my list, actually, about 18 or 20, was Preston Smith because, you know, I think he's going to lose some time but uh, this year to a kid like Gary. But he, he's a guy who's, who's, you know, still being paid well and, and might have some upside. But my point of all that is, Evo, you know, they, they've got 8 to 10 guys on that roster you can consider legitimate Pro Bowl players. So with and without Rodgers, um, if, you know, if, if Jordan Love, Evo, can play even at a level, let's say C plus, B minus. It's, it's going to be a playoff team, and and if he can take his game and you know uh, you know up to even a B level where he's a top twelve quarterback in the league, you know what we're talking about a team that can still win the division. So we we, we get very centered on this Rogers thing, right. um, and and rightfully so. But my point is the the world isn't going to end. I mean they're going to still play football in Green Bay. And if and if Tony Coons doesn't throw all his cards into the middle of gold and eventually trades Rodgers for, you know, three, four draft picks, a player or two, frees up all that salary cap room, you're talking and, and Jordan Love can play, Evo, and that's the bottom line, can he play? You're still talking about a team that for the next decade is set up to be a pretty darn good football team because there are a lot of guys on that football team, Evo. You know, we're talking, you know, twelve to fifteen players easily 
that would start for any other team in the National Football League. Uh, Rob Reichel joining us from Forbes.com. Robbie, uh, one last question on the Packers before I let you go, my brother. So after the Milwaukee Bucks won their championship, Aaron Jones was heard saying, we next. If there is no Aaron Rodgers, Robbie, I mean, I know you kind of did a little, uh, you know, a, a little piece on it right there, but if there is no Aaron Rodgers, are they truly going to be a Super Bowl favorite? Do they have the pieces to maybe, let's say, Jordan Love, like, I mean, what's the vibe on the Packers if Rodgers isn't playing? Could they truly be we next for a champion, as Aaron Jones suggests? I think Aaron Jones forgot about your Brewers there, Evo. I know. That's, like, that's the next one in line, and then the Packers. I, or my Badger football team. Yeah, or your Badger football team. Your guy, Graham Mertz, Heisman. Overlooking the, the potential greatness of this state for the next six months. Uh, to your question, though, Evo, and obviously <laughs> I'm joking, is, uh, no, they are not a Super Bowl team with, in essence, a rookie quarterback. You know, keep in mind, Jordan Love's entire offseason last year was ruined by COVID. Training camp, he, he never got a chance to play in a preseason game. Uh, never even put on a Packer uniform because he was inactive. Uh, all <laughs> hey, buddy, put on a Packer team tracksuit, Rob. He put on a tracksuit. He did, he did do that. And, and again, that, now that... Now, this kid has a ton of potential, a lot of upside, but, but let, let, let's not forget, in 2007, and I, I think we forget things pretty quickly, in 2007, the Packers were 13-3, and went to the NFC Championship game, lost at home in overtime to the New York, New York Giants. It was the last game Brett Favre ever played. So that was an outstanding football team. They went 14-4 and overall. Last year's Packers also went 14-4. and um, 13-3 and in the regular season, went to the NFC Championship game, Lost, obviously, to Tampa Bay. Um, and it could have very well been Aaron Rodgers' last game. So the parallels are remarkable. The following year, Evo, in 2008, when the Favre to Rodgers baton was passed, that outstanding football team from a year ago went from 13-3 and to 6-10. and um, This Packer team, I don't think, would take a drop quite to that level. It wouldn't be quite as precipitous, Evo. Uh, but I do think thirteen and three would become nine and eight, eight and nine, something like that with a Jordan Love. They're probably a five hundred football team. Um, but again, if Love shows signs, and I do believe he would, Evo, of being you know in the top half of the league in terms of quarterbacks, and you can get a king's ransom for Aaron Rodgers, um, you go ahead and you do that and you plan accordingly, because what we've learned here in the last decade. I mean, it's been 11 years, even since they won a Super Bowl. Oh, I know. The bottom line in Green Bay, all oh, that matters is Super Bowls. And Aaron Rodgers keeps taking them to NFC Championship games, but he can't get over the hump. And it might be time to try a different plan and a different uh, mode of attack. And that's why they took Jordan Love in the first place, to get a quarterback you know, on a, on a, on a rookie deal making 3 to $4 million a year, not a guy making 35 to 40 who won't budge on that salary. You know, Tom Brady will budge, Patrick Mahomes will budge, Aaron Rodgers will not budge and give the team a break. So the bottom line, Evo, is, um, you know, no, they're not a Super Bowl team, obviously, today with Jordan Love, but they could be two, three years down the road. And by that point in time, Aaron Rodgers, we don't know what he looks like. Rob, always a pleasure talking with my man. I can't wait to talk next week because Packers will be in training camp and we'll have all kinds of oodles of stuff to talk about. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there or not, but I know damn well we're going to talk about it next Thursday, my friend. Rob, instead of uh, Chick-fil-A today, maybe take that uh, daughter of yours and you go to Milwaukee. The parade starts at 11 o'clock. How about that? I was going to say, you guys, you guys need to end at 9. 
Jump in your car, fly down here, and we can meet at the parade. So. And uh, I'll uh, I'll bring Chick Fil A, or you bring Chick Fil A. One of us will. Rowdy's never had it. So I, you gotta... I I will bring Chick Fil A. I don't think it's parade. I don't think it's that good of a sandwich, Rob. To be honest with you, but we'll let Rowdy try it. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm a little amazed at the fascination about that place. But but I, I tell you what, their stock went through the roof yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no no kidding right there. Robbie, <laughs> we love you, man. We'll check out Forbes.com as well as the wonderful Conley Media and your Twitter account at Rob Reichel. We appreciate your time, man. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks. See, there he is, Rob Reichel. My man. We go live to Lucas Oil Stadium. Our ignanimous handsome fantastic sports director the 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 ray of sunshine in my dark and dreary life zach heilprin good morning zach good morning evo how, how uh what was the first word you used there uh ignanimous mm, they say that right find that uh yeah when you look can it up and find it i can when you look it up in webster's dictionary there's a picture <laughs> of zach heilprin that's what it is there there you go i'm doing great evo so let me let me ask you my brother First, how was the drive? Great. Fantastic, as usual. Look, this is the first time it's been in Indy uh, since I've been covering it. So uh, it's a bit different, but, yeah, I'd rather have it be in Chicago, but another two and a half hours, not too bad. So you are sitting right now on uh, what yard line are you on on the field of Lucas Oil Stadium? <laughs> yeah, so they're doing they're doing everything on the field here at Lucas Oil, I think, obviously, to – spread things out for for covid reasons but yeah i'm sitting right now on the 47 yard line um, of lucas oil stadium and wait awaiting the uh, press conference of big 10 commissioner kevin warren how how incredible now Everyone's we're going to oh yeah we're going to pick no doubt we're going to pick your brain coming up here cuz i saw some uh, preseason awards coming out uh, but zach we were uh, discussing yanis adenakumbo and his performance that he had um, you know like it was like probably the best performance a Wisconsin athlete had ever had. And then we were talking about individual performances, like maybe because if you put the championship in it, obviously Giannis reigns supreme. So we were just trying to say like individual yeah. performances. And a lot of Badger memories came up, like Melvin Gordon rushing for 408 yards. Like, do you have any like Wisconsin memories of like individual performances? And you could talk about Melvin Gordon as well. Just we we brush on it briefly. But do you have any like specific memories and moments for Wisconsin uh, an individual performance? Melvin's performance is the most dominating I've ever seen. Mel, like in person, I should say. That's the most dominating performance I've ever seen. And he did it in three quarters. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. His last his last touchdown or his last carry was uh, a touchdown that broke the record. He sat out the entire fourth quarter. His record, I believe, was broken the, the following week yeah. by Samaji P. Ryan from Oklahoma, who got one carry in the fourth quarter to get you know to break Melvin's record. I mean, if we leave Melvin in, uh, you know, he's going to get what five hundred, yeah. six hundred. Like I mean, I, at that point, like he's he he was going to go off for another a whole bunch of yards. But that was the most dominating performance I've ever seen from a guy in person. You know, Aaron Rodgers uh, in Atlanta in the 2010 playoffs. When he just torched them, it looked like he had eyes in the back of his head, just running away from the, the their rushers on the, the um, you know the defenders coming at him like John Abraham. He, he was insane that day. I mean, there are there are a number of different performances that stand out, but Giannis is going to go down in history because of when it happened. Um, it's iconic. It is going to be the game of his career. Whenever he retires, you're going to look back on it and point to that one and be like, that was Giannis at his best. 
Yeah, absolutely incredible uh, what we witnessed for Giannis. It was insane. You know, on, on Aaron Rodgers, by the way, and I want to bring this up because I like pissing off Bears fans, uh, Aaron Rodgers once threw six touchdowns in the first half against the Chicago Bears, if you remember that one. Yes. Zach <laughs> yep. So, Zach. Yeah, and, it was, yeah. So, give us the – I mean, I can hear in the background, like, there's music playing over the overhead, yeah? Like, like, like what's happening right now yeah. as you're sitting on the 47-yard line? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm looking out at midfield, but I'm also looking out here and seeing the Big Ten Network stage. It's all set up here, ready to uh, break down everything that Kevin Warren says. Further away from that, uh, in uh, uh, essentially where Wisconsin's 2017 season came to an end, mm. is where the stage with Kevin Warren is at. Mm. Uh, there's there's media seating, and then there's all these podiums where these guys are going to be speaking later today, the coaches and the players uh, set up on the other end of the field. And then Radio Row is on the uh, visiting sideline, uh, about mm. about 16 tables here mm. uh, of, of media waiting to talk with guys too. Uh, RJ wanted me to ask you a question. He says, how pumped is Zach for 11.45 to noon uh, today? I, I'm assuming that's when Paul Chris is going to take and appreciate the opportunity to be at the podium? That is incorrect, oh. actually. Today he, yeah, Wisconsin's talking tomorrow. Uh, Paul Kirsch will talk tomorrow along with uh, Jack Sanborn and Fayon Hicks and Jake Ferguson. But at 11.45 or I guess 10.45, it is not. It is Ooh. Brett Bielema from <laughs> University of Illinois. I, I, saw, I, I saw Brett <laughs> earlier today. He's looking great. He, uh, yeah, looking, okay, looking okay, very, what, very good. Okay, Don't you okay, think he would hang get hang two time slick, slots? Slick back hair and... What's up? Wouldn't you think he would get two time slots? I mean, he's big enough for two, <laughs> you're right? Such a, you're, yes, he's he is. He is. But no, he's no, he's looking good, man. Okay, what do you I mean what, when you say he's, he's looking, looking good? Are we talking? Are we are we slimming down on the belly fat? I like his suit. I like his suit. Uh, I think he's is growing into his hair a little bit, and um, <laughs> you know, that, I mean, I guess the hair's kind of falling away here a little bit, but yeah, no, he he looked uh, he looked rosy. He looked like uh, he was very very excited for. His first Big Ten media day since 2012. Okay, well, at Big Ten media days, maybe he's excited about this, and I don't know if you know this or not, uh, but I assume they feed the coaches and you. Is there an all-you-can-eat buffet there? They, uh, in the past, and I don't know if this is going to be the case today, but in the past it has been essentially bag lunches. Oh, so, so he's got a couple um, coming his way. Yeah, the conference. The, the, yes, exactly. He, <laughs> he may be going back for seconds. No, I, 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 I suspect that they pay – I suspect that they give them – Really nice meals, and they just leave the bag lunches for the media. Yeah, I would. Which I would, is fine. I would also su- suspect that as well, Zach Halpern. Hey, I saw, <laughs> I saw earlier today though you you brought up the name already, Jack Sanborn. I saw that uh, his list of accolades uh, continued to grow for the preseason watch list. Uh, what is he uh, named the Big Ten Conference's preseason uh, honoree? Is that what he got? What did he get here for uh, West honors? Is that true? I haven't. Uh, yeah. I haven't been on Twitter uh, a lot. Oh, yet I just. Morning, so well, there you that, go. That breaking news. Yeah, he had, uh, yeah. today is he was named a Big Ten Conference's preseason honoree. So when it comes to this defense, uh, right. for, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say no. I, I, what I'm seeing here is um, a guy who retired 20 days ago just walked in. Well, who? What happened? Uh, Bar- Bar- the the Don Barry Alvarez has uh, just walked in here to Lucas Oil, which is weird um, because he's retired, right? What's, maybe he's there for the bag lunches. It's a possibility, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's it is a possibility. What's he wearing? Is he is he yeah, rocking well, the well, red well, my, suit coat? 
No, he's not. My under- well, here's the thing. I, there's been reports that he is going to be uh, involved with the Big Ten at, uh, on, in some way, some kind of an advisor to the Big Ten. Now, he denied that when uh, he was retiring, but the first main event of the football season, and uh, he is here, and I, I haven't seen Chris McIntosh yet. So Interesting. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's taken back over the job. I don't know. That's very interesting. So, Zach, I was looking over the Big Ten preseason honors that were just released a little bit ago. Out of the East, Penix Jr., yeah. um, let's see here, uh, Munford, the tackle out of Ohio State. You got Olave, uh, the wide receiver. You got you have three Olave. guys, Olave. You got three guys here, Wilson as well. And then uh, the wide receiver out of Penn State, Dotson. Then out of the West, though, uh, the only flavor going to Wisconsin, and that's Jack Sanborn. Um, are we expecting, obviously, big things coming up here? Despite losing some bodies, are we expecting some big things from this defense in the upcoming season? So uh, pro football focus, we, we talked about this last week, right? Like uh, they didn't even list Wisconsin among the top 20 defenses in the country. And uh, Jack Sanborn is a reason why they should be. He's Him and Leo Chanel, I believe, are the – I think are the two best inside linebackers, or the best, best combination of inside linebackers in the Big Ten. And you add into that Noah Burks and Nick Herbig, you bring back your entire linebacking core from last year. Your, se- your secondary is, is almost intact outside of Eric Burrell. And then you have to replace a couple of guys on the defensive line. But as we talked about last week, it's a situation where you don't play a ton of guys on the defensive line uh, because you're in uh, sub-packages so many times. So I think they're going to be able to mitigate that loss and be another really, really good defense. I, I really don't understand how you couldn't rank them in the top 20 much less, or I should say the top 10 much less the, the top 20. Yeah, our guy Ben Kenny is still, I think, uh, tossing and turning every night just thinking about the fact that poor football <laughs> focus uh, didn't put him up there. He is, uh, I, I'm looking at him right now through the, uh, the glass. He is just pissed off <laughs> all over again, steam coming through his ears. Uh, so, I can see it. So I can Zach, see it from here. I know we've talked about it a couple times, and it's something you know that I just wanted to bring up again in honor of you being at Big Ten Media Days. You know, looking at the offensive side of the ball uh, for the Badgers, we we all talk at you know nauseating levels. It's almost as bad as it is with Rodgers about how good you know we hope Graham Mertz is. But if Graham Mertz truly is to be good, what's that? Uh, we'll talk you know running backs coming up, but what's that wide receiver you know group looking like right now? Could they really be uh, there to you know get Graham Mertz over that hump of as a Wisconsin quarterback to put them on the precipice of hopefully a college football berth, a playoff berth? When we saw them last, how good did they look, right? When they were fully healthy, when they had a fully healthy offense, how good did it look? It was nice. It looked pretty darn good. And I know Illinois, Illinois wasn't very good, and I know Michigan's defense wasn't very good. And Graham didn't even have a great game against Michigan. They just ran the ball all over him. But I, that's why I think there's optimism. Even though even though his, his struggles, right, like his struggles the rest of the season – uh, there are ways to explain uh, and give excuses for all of that, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's COVID or no offseason or his injury or the injuries to you know, Danny Davis and, and Kendrick Pryor. But getting those two guys back, guys that have played just a ton of football, uh, gives him weapons to go along with Chimray DK and, and some of the other young wide receivers that they're excited about, but that you don't necessarily have to count on like they did last year. I mean, they were counting on a true freshman and a walk-on. To, to be their their top wide receivers and that's never good if you're uh, if you're a quarterback making his first or, you know starting for the first time so yeah I, th- that was as big of an addition getting those two guys back and then along along with Jake Ferguson the biggest addition that they had this offseason was getting those guys back even though their recruiting class is off the charts getting those guys back was the biggest coup for them by far oh my god Zach I am looking at your Twitter account right now. I just saw it 11 minutes ago. I This is just insane to me. Is this real? P.J. Fleck, PJ Fleck is there. Uh, you must be somewhat near him. P.J. Fleck is there. Is he truly wearing 
loafers with no socks. He is. Oh my! He is God. breaking out what the is, loafers, oh. no socks. Ugh. Is he wearing I his Big Ten like, co-champion a, ring? Uh, no, that's the uh, is, is that the, the college best? game day ring? Yeah. Is that what, uh, yeah. The, <laughs> no, they. You know, they put the college game day logo. Yeah, I know on I know. their Big Ten West. I think range. they put their yeah, GPA so. on it too. Probably. Oh my god. Uh, full of yes, that guy. Who is? <laughs> I saw. I'm like. I'm looking at this picture right now. I just like. I was always brought up that you have to wear socks when you're wearing the loafers and the dress pants. When you look, when you're not wearing the socks, it's just a terrible look. I don't know how that ever became a a fashion statement. And here, PJ Fleck is. I think PJ Fleck just killed whatever fashion statement that was. But Zach, I was looking at. I'm uh, trying to mirror a winner. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go. uh, I'm gonna have to go find Barry here. Yeah. See if he's if he's rocking it today. Yeah. Tell interview Barry right now. What do you you think? What do you, what do you think about uh, PJ Flex stealing your style? Well, now that he's retired, I hope he can say douche. All right, so Zach, I did see <laughs> CBS Sports. Uh, they had an article a couple of weeks ago saying that Wisconsin was go- only going to lose one game this season, uh, and it was going to be against the Minnesota Golden Golden Gophers. Excuse me, Zach. I mean, looking at the schedule for Wisconsin, and I think uh, some odds makers were saying that they'd be favored in every single game uh, this year, even against you know. Uh, all the, a lot of the juggernauts at home. They got Notre Dame at a neutral site at Soldier Field. Can you see Wisconsin potentially with the schedule, how it sets up, running the table here? So in 2017, I looked at the schedule, and I said they were going to go 12-0. and It's the only time I've ever, ever predicted their correct correct record. So, um, And I felt I felt really good about going 12-0. and like there were, there were some games there that were going to be a challenge, certainly, but – this schedule, I don't see them running through this unscathed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I we, we there's a lot of unknowns still, right? We we believe that Graham is going to be able to bounce back. We believe that getting those weapons is going to be a huge, huge uh, boost to him. We believe the offense line is going to be better, and that the run game is actually going to exist um, better than it than it did for much of last year. But those are all assumptions. We don't know that for sure. So the the questions are still out there, um, especially on offense. That's that's why I would say I don't envision them going undefeated in the regular season. But the fact that they are certainly uh, favored in all those games means that people think they're going to be good, and we'll see if that's actually the case. Yeah, right. Like I, 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 I see, I can see two losses. I can see three losses with this team. Do you see them losing to Minnesota, like uh, CBS Sports suggests? I mean, it's happened once since two thousand four. I'll say this: PJ Fleck you know, is so, PJ Fleck you know right I mean? now like, is wearing loafers and dress pants without socks. There's no way Wisconsin loses to a douche like that. <laughs> I, I, so, I said so that he, you did, so, and I said that. So, he, well, no, no, but like you say, he's he's a douche. But what about I like how you had, to, you had to quiet down a little Zach, bit. Zach, this is so funny because I have a I have a friend that works uh, uh, for Nebraska radio, and he just posted a picture a little bit ago, uh, and in it it's a line. Are you? To the left of you, is there a guy wearing a red and gray polo? Yes. And then to the left of that guy, is there a guy wearing a yellow shirt? Yes. And then the next one after that is my buddy, Connor Happer, who works for Nebraska. I think that should be the Nebraska table. I see you right now in this picture. <laughs> you are clearly talking to us. You're, I see you in this picture uh, from Connor Happer. So if you do bump into him, he's a cool guy. Maybe you guys can go have a bagged lunch together. But... Um, all right. Like uh, the sights and sounds look crazy there at Big Ten Media Day. Um, I'm loving it, dude. I'm yeah, just kind of I'm just kind of stalking it, you right it, now via Connor. 
Yeah, it 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 did get a little quiet here because the press conference has started. So, um, <laughs> well, Zach, yeah, that's uh, well, Zach, we'll let you do your thing down there. Okay, man, thanks for uh, you, know, right. you know coming in. Are you going to be down there tomorrow as well? Correct. Correct. Yep. You, you, Wisconsin will talk tomorrow. You want to want to join us again live from Big Ten Media Days, my friend? You know I do. All right, Zach, and I'll say it again. PJ Flex a douche. See you, buddy. Enjoy it down there. <laughs> See you, buddy. Yeah. See you. Yep. There he is, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. <laughs> we saw the Milwaukee Brewers lose two in a row to the one of the worst teams in baseball, the Kansas City Royals. In fact, yesterday, it was pretty abysmal. I was watching Brent Suter poop down his leg. Brent Suter is just what? <laughs> And you said, tease it right now, because we got, we got a little bit. Tease it right now. I see the phone line's blowing up. Tease it right now about what you wanted to say about Brewers legend Craig Council and everything else that you wanted to get off your chest here. Well, there's a lot of things that go into this last week. Obviously, they've playing extremely sloppy baseball. Two, Brent Suter is getting tough to watch. Three, a lot of that was Craig Council's doing, and I'll throw a fourth in. I blame the Bucks For winning a championship. For winning a championship. Because obviously the Milwaukee Brewers did not want to be playing at American Family Field the last two games. No. The first game, it seemed like they wanted to get out of there as fast as they could to go see the Bucks win a championship, which I don't blame them. And then yesterday, it seemed like they are all hung over from the night before. Yeah, partying as if they the were out partying with the Bucks. All right, before you get into uh, you know those, those four bullet points, I'm, I would assume the three are going to take you know most notoriety here. Let's go to the phones. Uh, w- uh, welcome to the show. Who do I got here? Oh, it's your boy, Full Dog. Full dog. First of all, congratulations on bringing a uh, beautiful daughter into this world. Uh, you're a proud father now. Congrats, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I, it was a lot, a lot of work for me having to sit there and watch all that. So. <laughs> hey, you had a hand in it, man. You're, that's the, Half those genetics are yours, dude. Hopefully uh, the ones that don't show physically. <laughs> now, Fuller, um, Rowdy and you, if I remember correctly, you guys had at, been at odds at times when it comes to uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, especially, I think, Craig Council. Uh, did you call in to try to put a stop to Rowdy here, or what? I really did, yeah. Um, so I already know where Rowdy's going to go with this. Uh, so I figured I'd try to stop it dead in its tracks before it got, you, you got nip it right steam. in the bud, right? Yep, exactly. So I first off, I know he wants to blame Brent Suter, uh, but last I checked, anytime a pitcher has to make five outs in one inning, uh, it's pretty tough for that guy to not give up any runs. Right. There was a was that the Luis Urias egregious error where he almost threw it into the stands. Nope, that would have been uh, I believe Holton Long had an error and Jace Peterson. Oh, yeah, and Jace Peterson. So it's not yeah. Brent Suter's fault that he sucks. Well, I mean, unless you're expecting him to go up there and get <laughs> nine swings and misses every single time, I don't. I just, I think things are going to happen. And two, I already know Rowdy's going to blame Craig Council for pulling Eric Lauer. What he would think to be too early. Rowdy's shaking his head and yes right now. I, I'm sorry. I, I last I checked, he sent up a pinch batter, who hit a sacrifice fly and scored their first run of the game, and then they scored two more runs uh, in that inning to take the lead. Now, the learned man that I am, um, odds are that if a pitcher goes up there and hits. More often than not, he's probably going to strike out, correct? One would assume, yes. Okay, so if he strikes out, then you don't get that sacrifice fly, correct? Now, I have a, I have a retort. Does or does not? Does uh, Lauer have a home run this year? Uh, I, 
I guess. Also, didn't Lauer have a hit yesterday? <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 pretty sure there's been a lot of pitchers in the history of the MLB who have hit home runs. So, <laughs> did he not ha- did he not have a hit earlier yeah, in that did, game? Did Lauer not have a hit earlier in the game? Yeah, you're nay. So yes, he did. For most of the season, does he not I'd, have a higher so, batting average than Keston Hero? <laughs> I, I, well, that I don't know, but I'm pretty sure if it, it, odds would say if he had a hit already that day, he's probably not going to have a second one. I mean, yeah, and, yeah uh, I would agree with that. And I'm pretty sure Brandon Woodruff <laughs> hit a home run off of Clayton Kershaw at one point in his career. I'm pretty sure he's still batting under 100. Doesn't mean I want him hitting in a, in a situation where they need a run. <laughs> I think Corbin Burns hit a home run this year, too. I think Doug Davis hit a home run once in his career. You want Doug Davis going to hit, pinch hit when you or hit with the guys on second and third? I don't think so. If he's rocking a soul patch, yeah, yeah, the soul patch Maybe. gives you soul patch gives you power. Well, yeah, I guess when you got that thing dangling off your chin, yeah, it's a full <laughs> fuller. So you're saying that uh, don't blame Craig Council and don't blame Brent Suter. Just blame the Kansas City Royals. Actually, like what, um, like showing up and playing. I would I'd blame it on the uh, on the players' hangover. Uh, I, I would blame the Bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Rowdy on that one. Uh, <laughs> I, we all everybody saw that three quarters of the team was there last night or you know two nights ago. Pretty pretty sure they didn't uh, jump on a on a bus back to their houses right after the game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I they probably assume, went on. I assume they went out and partied. Uh, well, if you looked at downtown Milwaukee, I would assume uh, who wouldn't. Hey, Fuller, before I let Rowdy go on his tirade and you uh, finish backing up that <laughs> excavator, how does it feel to have the Bucks be champions? Oh, it was that was glorious. Uh, what, a, what a great star Giannis is. Are you, are and, you, are and, you oh, backing up right now? No, I got a truck backing up. I'm, I'm by one. Uh, but, but I do want to say this. How ridiculous was it that after the game, the annual analysts that were there were trying to compare him to LeBron. Oh, I don't stupid. remember. I don't remember any finals that LeBron played in that he was as dominant as as, uh, as Giannis was. What a, that was a travesty. I mean, he deserves so much better than. Oh, I haven't seen a finals this good since LeBron. No, you've never seen a finals this good. Get off LeBron's. <clears throat> you know what? <clears throat> and uh, and. Uh, you know, start giving credit where credit. And get on Giannis's. <clears throat> yeah, Fuller, the Greek, the Greek god. Thank you. you. In more ways than one. Uh, before I let you go, Fuller, uh, any last words for Rowdy before he goes on this Brewers tirade? Rowdy, I, Rowdy, please, 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 just don't blow, uh, blow your brains out with uh, aneurysm or something <laughs> like. Just, 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 you know, be cool, calm, and remember, it's a 162 game season. Chances oh. are. They'll be all right. Real quick, Fuller, my retort is there's only one aneurysm every decade at Midwest Family. Yeah. It's already been covered. It's already been covered by someone else. Fuller, we love you. Congrats on the uh, bringing a beautiful uh, daughter into this world. Well done, you genetic jackhammer, you. Yes. Thanks, guys. It wasn't my part that made it beautiful, but I did make the baby. So. See you, buddy. Go practice it again. Later. All right, see you, man. All right, there he is. All right, Rowdy, the stage is yours. Do you need music or anything? No, but, for, I mean, first off, let's start with did, Wait, did Fuller, did, did Fuller, like, ease your mind at all about any of this or just you I mean not really okay the stage is yours but first off the first number one I mean I pro- kind of listed them in a random order yeah number one it has to be the bucks like it had to be the bucks 
the first game. What would you say? That's a good problem to have. The first game on a Tuesday, you could tell that they wanted the game to just be over. And the game, that was a quick game on Tuesday. It was very, very quick. And then on Wednesday, it looked like they were still sleepwalking through the entire game. At least some of the team, at least the team that uh, we know a lot of those players that were out in the field were at those games. They just look slow. They were definitely hungover. I understand that the Milwaukee Bucks just won an NBA championship. And I understand that you're also uh, professional athletes in that same city. You want to go out there, support them, whatever. It's fun. It's cool. You still have to go to work. You still have to show up for what your actual job is, yeah. and that's to win baseball games. And they clearly sleepwalk or sleepwalk through that entire series. The other thing is, he mentioned the the Craig Council, yeah, the Brewers legend, <laughs> Brewers legend. That magic number that's been floated out pretty much the entire last decade is a hundred pitches, right? Mm-hmm. hundred pitches, hundred pitches. Mm-hmm. Eric Lauer was at 82 pitches pulled. Yes. There were two guys on. Yes. They were down two to nothing, but Eric Lauer had a hit that day. He's hit a home run in the past. And remember when the Brewers all of a sudden for about a month long, we're starting to drop a few bunts down here and there. I do remember that could have been an ideal time to bunt. Just going to throw that out there. But the other reason why, I have to uh, dig into both Suter and Council is because of his choice of Brett Suter. Brett Suter, what it, what do we know about Suter? He stinks. He's a left-hander, does not throw the ball very hard. He's got to locate his pitches. Got a good, and he's, a good Jim Carrey impersonation? Yeah, and he's got to throw a little bit of junk here to get his by. His nickname's the Raptor. He carries a reusable water bottle. So do I. We, we know that, one, for him to be successful, he's a spot starter or he's a long reliever or he's a change-up. And by what do I mean by a changeup? I'm saying if you got a guy like, we'll say Josh Hader, for example, throwing 100 miles an hour, he's a good changeup because all of a sudden he's throwing like 87. Mm-hmm. It, it's just quite the difference. Well, what do we know about Eric Lauer? He's a left-handed pitcher, same as Suter. He's a guy that doesn't throw very hard. He throws in the low 90s, has to spot his pitches and get by with location. Suter is the lesser Eric Lauer. He's the worse Eric Lauer. How do I know that he's worse? Well, one, he's not in the starting rotation because if he was better, he'd be a starter. He's a spot starter and a long reliever for a reason. And then you're bringing him in there. He's not a change up a ball at all in that situation. <laughs> he's basically just a poor, poor, poor homeless man's Eric Lauer <laughs> at that point. Go to a different reliever. Mm. Oh, I'm sick and tired of seeing Suter and his act with all the interviews before the game. You don't like his Jim Carrey impersonations oh, and how he pretends to be a dinosaur. It's annoying. He's getting, he's getting pretty close to Tim Dillrod era like that. That's Tim Dillard. Yeah. Yeah. Dillrod. <laughs> oh, Dillrod. <laughs> it's just, it's more pro- annoying than, than funny. It was funny the first couple times, but like your stick is up. You wouldn't go plant a tree with Brent Suter. No, I'd, I'd cut it down with those frat guys. <laughs> with the frat guys that stole the tree from the Arboretum? The Connor for Capers? <laughs> oh, I love how Fuller called it. Oh, He's like, and here's the statistic like, that'll, I know what just, you're say. that'll just piss you off even more. You think about of all the teams that the Brewers have played this year, and they've oh, played some good funny. ones. They've played the Dodgers. They've played the Padres yeah. multiple series. They own the NL West. Yeah, they've taken care of business with the the Cubs. Some of the teams that were supposed to be better, 
Do you know who has the second most wins against the Milwaukee Brewers this year? I would assume the Kansas City Royals. The Kansas City Royals have four wins against the Brewers. It's the second most by any team not named the Cincinnati Reds. That's the only team that has more wins against the Brewers this year. And they like, not the Cubs, not the Dodgers, not the, and the Royals suck. It's the Royals, and they only played four games. And the Royals suck. And One the Brewer- of the worst teams in baseball. And the Brewers don't suck. They're first in the NL Central by six and a half games. Brewers off today, Rowdy. And then a really good team comes into AmFam Field, the Chicago White Sox. That's going to be a fun in series. In order of people that I'm blaming, Bucks one, <laughs> Council two, Suter three. I thought there was a fourth. I don't don't know. remember the fourth. Doesn't matter. Rowdy just threw his post-it notes. <laughs> and we'll blame, well... The, the Milwaukee Brewers the last two weeks have taken Monday through Thursday off. Yeah. They've had a long all-star break. I guess they, besides sweeping the Reds. Rowdy, no. Yeah, they worked that weekend. It's, uh, I guess the Bucks' fault. It's the Bucks' fault. How dare the Bucks win an NBA championship? Well, I, I would imagine if the Bucks were to lose, which I'm glad they didn't, the Brewers would still play turds. They would have partied no matter yeah, what. Yeah, now watch the now watch all the Brewer players be at the parade, and then they're all hung over, and they don't play uh, tomorrow against the White Sox. They have like <laughs> six errors against the White Sox on Friday. All right, there you go. I love how Fuller called in to be like, "I know what Rowdy's going to do. I'm going to try and nip well, it in the butt." Because we were already going back and forth yesterday about it. <laughs> of course.